turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. You can also open up in, in, your, in your devices the, uh, the Uversion app in your cell phones. Open that up and, and go to more and events and our message notes will be there. That's the importance of the Uversion app to us as we put our message notes every week in there that you can take those notes home with you. You can add to them. You can save them. Study them out later, but it gives you something to take home with you. Amen? And so if you'll just open your Bibles to Ephesians 3 and you can open Open up your, your apps and get your message notes. How many of you have ever been entrusted with a secret? You feel honored when you've been trusted with a secret, right? Somebody comes up to you and they, they say, I want to tell you something, but I, this is really private. It's, I, I really don't want to share it with anybody. You feel honored when somebody entrusts you with a secret. How about like a surprise birthday party kind of secret, right? <laughs> Anybody ever been to surprise birthday, invited to a surprise? You know, you can tell everybody but that one person, right? And so it's a secret. How about, have you ever had somebody say to you that, uh, you know, that this is a secret, I got a secret to tell you, but I don't want anybody to know except, would you tell this one person for me? Anybody ever had that? You know, just, you can tell this one person, like your husband or your wife or maybe a close friend, right? Right? I used to tell our, our sons growing up, you know, I will never keep a secret from my wife. So if you tell me something, understand she's probably going to hear about it, okay? And so the boys would come to me and, and I'd say, but your mom's going to know about this, right? And so sometimes there are secrets that the person that gives entrusts us with the secret says, you can only tell this one person. Right? But the thing about all secrets that, that's really kind of interesting, the thing about secrets is that you just can't wait to tell somebody. Right? 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 The thing about secrets is that if you give me a secret, oh man, it's going to, oh, that's so hard to not tell somebody, whether it's everybody but the birthday person or whether it's only this one person but I can't tell anybody. You're just busting inside to tell a secret, right? That's what secrets are all about, right? And, uh, but we're consent, continuing in this message series uh, in Ephesians, and it's titled The Mystery of the Church. The Mystery of the Church. And the, the word mystery is, comes from a Greek word, mysterion, and it simply means a secret. A secret. How many know there are secrets in the word of God. Amen. There are secrets that God has. Webster's Dictionary defines mystery as what cannot be fully understood by reason or explanation. So we understand that the Bible refers to mystery as a secret, something that is to be held, okay, in honor, in secret, but the, this thing called the mystery is also something that cannot be fully understood by reason, by just thinking about it, or by explaining it. So one of our theme passages, actually this is probably the core passage, and it's not in Ephesians. Actually, it is in uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 25.2. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. 
Now, what that is saying is it is the glory of God to create mystery. Now, the word glory actually means honor. It is the honor. It gives God honor to create mystery. Why? Because it's the glory of kings to search out. It gives God honor when we search out the things of God. Are you hearing me? Okay. So we're talking about mystery. We're talking about secrets, things that God has deliberately concealed and held on his own, okay? He's held it to himself and revealed it to only certain people that he wants it revealed to, okay? Now, the thing about mystery is that it can't mystery, the mysteries of God, the secrets, the deep things of God cannot be understood by reason or by explanation, okay? Sometimes there are some things in the word of God that we must seek God out for a revelation, that only the Holy Spirit coming into us can speak that to our hearts. We must receive things by the Holy Spirit. You hear somebody say, I want you to hear this by the Holy Spirit. What they're saying to you is I want you to hear this as a word from God. How many of you have ever got what you would call a word from God? How many of you ask God for that? Say, God, I need a word from you today. I've got this, this meeting, or I've got this decision, or I've got this circumstance, or this stuff going on. I need a word from you, God. We're not asking for something that can be explained. We're not asking for something that can be found in a book. We're asking for something that only the Holy Spirit can do by the voice of the Holy Spirit, which speaks to our heart and reveals it. It's supernatural. Amen. Amen? And you know what's really wonderful about it? We, we sing, I exalt you and you're worthy. Wonderful songs. We worship God. There is nothing that I can think of that honors God more than when we search him out. When we search him out, we search out his truth. We search out his word. We search out what God wants to be done. That honors God. That's what he's saying. It, it honors him. Last week, we, we, we turned the page to Ephesians 3. We've been in this series now for, what, two and a half months or something, and we've just been taking it almost line by line and short passages by short passages. And, but last week, we flipped the page. We're finally, after two and a half months, we're in, in chapter 3, and we went through, through verses 1 through 8, and Paul, in verses 1 through 8, he calls the gospel a mystery. How many know the gospel, the good news, is, is a mystery? Okay? It's a mystery. The gospel is a mystery, and Paul says it was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. The gospel... The good news was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't told to him by a person. It wasn't, it wasn't taught to him in seminary or Bible school. He didn't go read a book for an explanation or, or go to a teacher for it. He said in verses 1 through 8 that he received this mystery, this gospel, the good news, by the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand the mystery was revealed by the Holy Spirit, which is supernatural. 
Now, in, this, in the book of Ephesians, what we're looking at is chapters 1 through 3 are all about this thing called un, the unseen realm, as, as Paul talks about, our heavenly places. It's talking about spiritual things. And the problem, I believe, in the church today more than anything is we are more natural in our pursuits of things. We, we connect more with natural things, things we can touch and feel and see, as opposed to spiritual things. Therefore, we don't sometimes don't really grasp it when we get a word from God because we don't know what it is. We may call it a premonition or, we, or a feeling, but understand, a word from God is more real than every chair, every, every piece of furniture in this building. It's more real than this building. It's more real. A word from God is something that you can hang your life on. Are you hearing me, church? Paul said it was revealed to him. There's an old saying that says the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That's something to write down and remember. So when, if somebody ever says to you, well, that's Old Testament, that's, that's gone. We don't have to worry about Old Testament. No, because the Old Testament is all about the New Testament that has been concealed. But now the New Testament is the Old Testament, which is revealed. If you don't understand the value, the importance, the magnitude of the Old Testament, you'll never understand what's being revealed by the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Are you hearing me, church? Amen. Well, let's go. Finally, we better get to Ephesians 3, right? Ephesians 3 verse 8 is where we're going to start today. Now, one of the things that I found as we've done this study is, you know, we, we've done passages or, and, and, of, and series on passages that we've had gone line by line before. But it's been a long time since we've taken a book and said, we're going to go almost word for word and line by line. And that's what we've done in this series over the last couple of months. But it's required, I know for me, you know, Pastor Tim will be preaching next week. And I know both of us, we've, we even meet during the week and talk about what it is that God is saying in these passages. There's a lot. And it's taken so much more time and energy preparation to drill down in these words, to drill down in these passages, to pull out what it is that, that God wants to speak to us. So as we read this, sometimes you can read this without understanding. And I believe Ephesians is, is one of those books, I believe all the Bible is, but Ephesians is one of those books you just can't read lightly. You need to read it by the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Okay, so verse eight says, to me, this is Paul speaking, to me, who am less than the least, he's saying, I'm the, that's pretty low, isn't it? He's less than the least of all the saints. This grace, he's talking about the gospel, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. How many know the gospel is the unsearchable riches of Christ? Are you hearing me? Verse 9, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. Notice he said, has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. 
to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose for which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation. How many remember at this writing, Paul is in prison. He's been arrested, placed in chains, in prison. And he says, in writing this, this wonderful, deep passage, he says, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. What Paul's saying there, in the midst of all this, I am honored to suffer for you. Wow. Powerful. Father, we pray, Lord, today, as we open up your word, Lord, that Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak to each of our hearts. Let us understand this by your Holy Spirit, that we would hear a word, have a word, that we would be able to take hold of your word, Lord, like never before. Cause us, Lord, cause us, Lord, to understand what you're saying here and how it is to be applied to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So the title of my message uh, today is The Fellowship of the Mystery. Now, I I could have called it the fellowship of the gospel. I could have called it God's great secret, okay? There's a lot of things, but but Paul actually says in verse nine, he calls it, he says that he speaks of the fellowship of the mystery. Now this word fellowship here, it's actually translated from a Greek word that means purpose and administration. So this word fellowship, at first I thought, well, maybe it would be like the word in, in the book of Acts, fellowship, koinonia, but it's not that same word. It's translated to the same word, but this word actually means purpose and administration. What he's saying is, what's the purpose of this mystery? What's the purpose of God hiding these things to reveal it now? And how is it to be administrated? How is it to be used in the church or in us in our lives? Does that make sense? So how many times you read the Bible and you look and you go, wow, there's a lot there, but how is this to apply to my life? That's what he's saying here, but he's saying it to the church as a whole. He's saying, what's the purpose of all this? And how is it to be used by the church? So remember that, okay? The first thing I want you to see is the mystery must be preached. The mystery must be preached. The mystery or secret is not to be kept a secret. This is a secret that we are told can be told to everybody. But here's the key to the secret. People must hear it by the Holy Spirit. You can go and you can tell and you can preach and you can share and all that which we're called to do. But the prayer must be that they hear it by the Holy Spirit. They have to hear it by God in their heart, okay? So Paul says in verse eight, he says, to me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace, the gospel, was given that I, might, that I should preach among the Gentiles, what? 
the unsearchable riches of Christ, that I might preach what is the unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, this gospel is not to be kept a secret. It's not to be kept a secret. People need to hear the gospel. People need to hear the unsearchable riches of Christ. People need to hear it preached. The word preach here actually means to announce the good news. How many go, it's, it's incumbent upon the church to announce, to share, to tell people the good news, the unsearchable riches of Christ. How many know that? But how many also know that they will never understand this without the power of the Holy Spirit? The church must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit for people to grasp this mystery. You hearing me, church? Paul writes in Romans 10, starting in verse 14, he says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? He's talking about the world. How, how is it that they're gonna call on this, on Jesus, if they haven't believed in him? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How many preachers do we have in here this morning, by the way? Now, come on, folks, put your hands up. You are called. He's talking about you right here, okay? Put your hand on your chest, say, put your finger in your chest, say, I'm called to be a preacher. <laughs> right? You are, okay? Verse 15 says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? How many know the, the, the church is the ecclesia it's the ones that are called out and sent. You have been sent, amen? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You see, the gospel must be preached or people will never hear it. And it's the honor, it honors God. He says, how beautiful are the feet. Understand, it honors God that you would share his gospel and that you would share this good news, his unsearchable mysteries. It honors God. How do you honor God every day? How do you worship God? One way is by sharing these unsearchable mysteries of God, by sharing his gospel. In Luke 2, this, is a, this time of year, we read this passage a lot, but I want you to see it in a little different light from this, this passage today. We read about their shepherds that are out in the field. Verse nine says, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. The shepherds were afraid, okay? And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to a couple people, to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's the good news. That's the unsearchable riches. And this is an announcement. These angels are preaching. Are you hearing me? 
We learned last week that these good tidings of great joy, that this gospel, these unsearchable riches of Christ, one is that, that we are fellow heirs with Christ. How many know you, we, all of us are fellow heirs? It's part of the good news and the unsearchable riches of Christ, that we are fellow heirs with Christ. Two, it's, it's, it's that we are one in Christ. We are one in Christ. And then what I think is really powerful is that we can take part in all the promises of God. How many know all the promises of God are yes and amen to you, to me, to all of us? We can take every promise that we find in here. It applies to you. There's nothing that says, well, this one applies to this category of people or this applies to this group. No, all the promises. That's part of the unsearchable, these unsearchable truths, unsearchable gospel, the good news of Jesus. The gospel must be preached. And it should be just like a secret. I just can't wait to tell somebody. I'm bursting. I got to go tell somebody, right? I got to go tell somebody. That's the way, that's what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take this unsearchable riches. The Holy Spirit will take this good news. And as, as we commit it to him, he'll make it so we can't tell. We can't, we can't wait to tell people about him. Are you hearing me? The second thing that Paul teaches here is that the mystery must be demonstrated. The mystery must be demonstrated. The good news has to be demonstrated. It, the mystery deserves more than just telling people about it. This mystery, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus, these it deserves more than just our lips and our words telling people. It deserves to be demonstrated to people. Now, I, I'm one of those types of people. I always struggled in school. You know, I had to really work hard. I struggled in school because I learned by seeing things done, not just by t being told how they're done. I have, to see, I have to see stuff put together. I can't just be told how to put something together. That's just, that's just me. And I think a lot of us, a lot of people are like that. That's why the church these mysteries, the gospel has to be demonstrated. Paul says it this way in verse nine. He says that we're to make all see, make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus. He wants us to demonstrate. He wants people to see the gospel, not just to hear about it, They've got to see it. That's what the church is all about, is for people to, is to demonstrate and for people to see the gospel in place and in action. Paul is saying here that we cannot keep this mystery concealed or veiled. We've got to open our hearts and let it be revealed. We must help people not just hear the gospel, but we must help people to see the gospel. How do we see the gospel? First, by the Holy Spirit again. 
but we do it by being who God has created us to be and doing what God has created us to do. That's the importance of you knowing God's purpose in your life. God's created you for more than just to sit in a seat. He's created you for more than just to have a church to go to. He's created you for a purpose. Why? Because he wants to demonstrate his gospel to the world. Paul writes in Colossians 1, 26, 27. He says the mystery, and it sounds very similar. Paul was very consistent in his writings. When he would write these various churches, he would write very consistently and write the same things. You know, the best teacher will tell you that you teach things by repeating it over and over and over. And I will tell you, with me, because I don't learn by teaching so much, is pe- people have to repeat things over. My wife is really good at that. She'll repeat things over and over. <laughs> and I thank her for it, right? <laughs> Amen. I told you to take the trash out. Steve, you need to take the trash out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But uh, Paul writes in, in Colossians, listen to this. He says, the mystery, there's that word again, which has been hidden from the ages. He's talking about it being hidden. And from generations. So what he's saying is he's talking about this mystery and the mystery has been hidden from generations now. But now, he says, but now has been revealed to his saints. Now, over the last couple weeks, we first saw that this mystery, the gospel, was revealed to Paul. Last week, we talked about how this mystery was now revealed to the apostles and the prophets. So what we're seeing is that God has his plan through the Holy Spirit. He spoke it to Paul. He spoke it to the apostles and prophets. And now he's saying that it has been, that it has been spoken to or revealed to his saints. How many saints do we have in here? How many believers do we have in here? It has been revealed to you. Why? Because you've accepted Jesus Christ. You're living it. And, and understand something. It is not just to stay within you. It is to be shared. It's to be demonstrated. Are you hearing me, church? You are the saints. And it has been revealed if you are the saints. Verse 27 says, to them, God willed to make known, ah, listen to this. God counted you worthy to know his secret. Remember I told you, you feel honored that somebody would tell you a secret? Right here it says, and to them, God will, to you, church, God will to make you know his secrets. He revealed his secrets to you. And God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentile, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. How many know the, the bottom line to the secret? The bottom line is Christ is now in you. That is the hope of glory, the hope of us honoring God. Remember the word glory means to honor, right? And the hope of us honoring God is Christ is within you and Christ must be, must be released to demonstrate, to share, to be who Christ is within you. Are you hearing me, church? Paul is clearly telling us in both of these passages that this mystery has been concealed through the ages, but now, 
But now, remember we talked about that a few times. We've talked about how there's this transition in, in Scripture where all of a sudden there is a but God, or now there's a but now. So we see here that through all of, of history, through all of history, the, this gospel, this, these unsearchable were concealed. They were hidden by God, but now it has been revealed and it must be demonstrated. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But here's the secret, church. So I've heard people say this, you know, Jesus, is, Jesus lives in my heart. Jesus lives in my heart. Well, Jesus is in my heart. How many know Jesus wants to be in your heart, but he wants to be let out of your heart? Are you hearing me, church? See, the problem is that most of us Christians, we get him in our heart and we put him in a box, we put him in a cage, and he stays there in our heart. And we're not sharing or demonstrating Jesus to a world that needs Jesus. Not just to be told about Jesus, but to a world that needs Jesus demonstrated to them. And the church is the way that Jesus is demonstrated to the world. That's what this fellowship of the mystery is all about. It's about this church, the, the mystery of the church. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5, he says, listen to this. And I believe this is the way we demonstrate, the way we demonstrate this mystery. He says, my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, He's saying that this is, I don't come to you and just talk wonderful. I'm not, I assume Paul might have been a type of guy that maybe he was rough in his language or maybe he wasn't, you know, real eloquent. And, and he says, I, I, I don't come to you with, with, with preaching with persuasive words or human wisdom. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna sway you by my wisdom. But I come to you in the demonstration, let's underline that word, in the demonstration of the Spirit. How do you demonstrate the Spirit? By the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit working in you and working through you. Let Jesus out, folks. Let the Holy Spirit out to do. There must be demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. How do you demonstrate the Spirit? Let the, let the Spirit do, this, do its power. Let, this, let the Spirit be released in power around you. Are you hearing me, church? Yes. Preaching the gospel is one thing, but demonstrating the gospel is another. See, we've got to learn to demonstrate. Paul goes on. He says, but in demonstrating of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men... Hear this, church. He says, your faith should not be in the wisdom, but, but in the power of God. I'm gonna tell you, church, the church has got to release the power of God. There's gotta be a release. We've gotta pray for it. We've got to believe for it. We've got to demonstrate it. We've got to, to be in such a way that we're not afraid of the power of God being released in the church and around us. You see, I think that sometimes we're afraid of the power of God. What will it do? What will it do to me? 
You know? Maybe He'll heal you. Maybe He'll change you and transform you. You know, Paul was kind of knocked off a, a donkey in front of his friends, those that, that rode with him and served with him. He probably, in his human self, probably felt like a fool. Here I am, great Paul, you know, knocked off my donkey, laying on the ground. Now I'm blind, I can't see, I need somebody to lead me. You know, sometimes God wants to do stuff through you that, that just may not make sense in the natural. Doesn't make any sense in the wisdom of men, but just might be the power of God working through you, church. The third thing that's very important, I want you to hear this. This is one of those things you gotta hear by the Holy Spirit. The mystery must be declared. Verse 10 says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places. I use the word declared. To this, that's actually the word made known can actually be translated declared. Okay? I believe that's a powerful word in the church today and for believers, this word declared. But he says that, that to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God how many have a little knowledge of car engines? A little bit, just a little. Okay. Now, years ago, when I was in high school, I took an auto shop and all that. And, you know, I used to work on my own cars. I could do all that. Today, they're not cars, they're computers, you know. But it used to be, you know. And there is this thing on a car, it's called a manifold. How many know what a manifold is in a car engine? Now, to put it simply, a manifold in a car engine is the distribution of power for that engine. Think about it, okay? I mean, from a mechanic, a very simplified mechanic, me being a very simplified mechanic, would be that the carburetor takes gas, turns it into fumes, and it distributes it through the carburetor down into the manifold, and the power then is released down in the cylinders from that which does everything else. Does that make sense? Is that, am I close to being right for you guys that are mechanics? Okay, the manifold is, is, the manifold is the distribution of power for the car. Now, the gospel is this wisdom of God hidden through the ages, but is now made known or declared by the church to the principalities and powers in, of, in heavenly places. What's to be, what is to be declared? The manifold wisdom, the distribution of power. How many know that the church is part of the distribution of power? And the, the harder the devil tried to kill Jesus, the more that the saints multiplied. And the more that they tried to destroy the saints, the more the churches multiplied. Why? Because the church is the distribution of God's power in the earth. Are you hearing me? It's the manifold wisdom. It's the multifold wisdom of God that his church is to be the distribution of power in the earth. What's to be declared? The manifold wisdom of God. The gospel. Amen. Who is it to be declared to? Hear this by the Holy Spirit. It's right out of what Paul says. It's to be 
declared to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. What's he talking about? He's talking about the devil, the demons. He's talking about the kingdom of darkness. It's not God's responsibility to make his plan known to the devil and his demons and the kingdom of darkness. He says it's the churches. Through this distribution of power in the church, he wants his wisdom made known. He wants the gospel known. By the church, he wants it made known to the kingdom of darkness. Who is to declare it? The church. This is what we call spiritual warfare, church. And I'm going to tell you, the last few weeks, Pastor Lisa will tell you, I've talked to my wife about this, that I believe more and more the church has got to rise up and understand what spiritual warfare is. Because the, at the end of the ages and at the season that we live, we've got to be more in war. We've got to come at things, our worship, our, our study of the word, even things in our home, our marriages. We've got a war over our marriages. We've got a war over our families. We need to war over our church. We need to war over the community. And more and more and more, this is gonna become so much more important in the times that we live. Spiritual warfare. The church... I want you to hear this. The church is God's system to distribute his power and defeat the works of darkness in the earth. That's his wisdom. That's his wisdom. Is that the church, he created us, put us together, called us the church. The body of Christ is his system to distribute power in the earth, his power, and to defeat the works of darkness in the earth. Does that make sense? Are you grasping this? That's spiritual warfare. I'm gonna ask the worship team, go ahead and come back up. Why is it so important that we declare this to these powers and principalities? Job answers this. Job says, declare a thing and it will be established. How many know that Jesus came to establish his church? And he's calling for the church to he's calling for the church to declare to the works of darkness, to declare to the devil and all of his demons, to declare the wisdom of God, to declare the gospel, to declare these things, to defeat the works of darkness. Declare a thing and it will be established. Here, I'll, I'll make it so that you can understand this for your home and your life. Whatever you want established must be declared. You want a godly home? You got to declare it over your home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It has to be declared. You need to declare that to the powers and and the principalities of the air. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When we go through times of sickness maybe or times of trouble and we need an answer from God. We need to hear a word from God. He says, he tells us, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching any one thing, how many know you gotta declare it? He says, it will be done by my Father in heaven right now. So we understand, we can tell, we can declare this to the powers and principalities. We can declare, no, his word says this. If I agree with somebody that this sickness is gonna go away, it's gonna leave 
believe my body that I am the healed of the Lord. I'm going to agree with this other person. And the Bible says, if two of us agree as touching it, it will be done, enemy. There is no victory for you, devil. When we're having difficulty with provision in our life, we can declare to the powers principle, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply. No, you're not, enemy. I can declare that. You see, this is the mystery. Now I'm going to take it. Listen to this by the Holy Spirit. This gospel, here's the mystery. Something that we may not, this gospel was hidden from the very beginning, it says. It was hidden from who? From the devil. It was hidden and all of his powers and principalities. And then Jesus comes and he brings us all back together as if we had never been separated from God. And it, Jesus, in my life, he made it as if I had never done anything wrong through Jesus. That's the mystery. I am as if I had never sinned. The world is as if, through Jesus, the world is as if sin never entered it. Devil, we may, this has been hidden from you, and God gives us the privilege to run and tell the devil this secret. Devil, you lose. Devil, it's been hidden from you from the very beginning. Now I can live it. I can demonstrate. I can share this gospel. Do you hear me, church? That is good news. That is wonderful news. The church is called to make this known. But here's, the story doesn't just end there. If you go on and read in verse 11 and 12, it says, according to the eternal purpose, how many know this plan was eternal? According to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now listen to this. In whom we have boldness and access and confidence through faith in Jesus. We have boldness to come before his throne. The Bible says come before his throne to find mercy in that time of need. We have boldness, boldness. God says, come at me with boldness. Not just, not just with meekness, come at me with boldness. Why? Because through this gospel, we can come to him in boldness and we have access to come to him in boldness. That means the door is wide open right now, church. The door is wide open and we can have confidence that he will hear us. He'll hear our plea. He'll hear our, whatever is on our heart. We'll have confidence. Why? Because our faith is in Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. You see, church, the church is a mystery. And the world itself is trying to keep the church a mystery. By calling it names, saying, oh, the church is nothing but hypocrites. That's just the, the world's way of trying to keep Jesus in a box, trying to keep Jesus and this church concealed. No, Paul says, no, it's not to be concealed anymore. It's not to be, you know, the church is not a building. 
Jesus is not just to live in our hearts. The church, the church is not just to stay in a building behind four walls. The church must be released and Jesus must be released through the church. And the church must take authority over all the works of darkness because it's incumbent upon us to defeat them. Does this make sense to you? It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to rise up. We're going to share and take communion. If you go ahead and grab your communion cups. I want to read this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians that Paul writes. He writes, if, if any of you need communion cups, just lift your hand and Gabby will look at you and she'll bring you a communion cup. We want to make our, our Cindy one of them. We'll bring you a communion. But Paul writes here, listen to this. I received from the Lord, which I also delivered to you. What is that? What did, the, what did Paul receive to deliver to us? The gospel, the gospel. For I received from the Lord, which I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had been given, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken from you. You know, communion is often called the, the, the mystical supper. In the ancient church, they called this. It was a mystery. It's still a mystery. How can we partake of his body through a wafer? But that's what Jesus says. It's a mystery. It's a mystery of the gospel. But he says, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for this mystery. We thank that you've entrusted us with your secrets. And Lord, we pray through the Holy Spirit that you'll cause us, Lord, to not only tell them in the world, but to demonstrate them and to declare them, Lord, over the principalities and powers of darkness. So let's partake of the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me let's partake of the cup now hear this he goes on to say verse 26 for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. You proclaim, declare the Lord's death until he comes. Close your eyes, let's bow your heads. Father, today, Lord, we just partake. We've partaken of your mystery in the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, of your body and your blood. Lord, we thank you for this good news, Lord. And God, and we determine today in all of our hearts, Lord, to go, to share, to demonstrate, and to war, Lord, as you've called us to. God, I pray, Lord, over every person in this church. I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would become more real today 
in their lives than ever before. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. And I want you to put your hands over your heart. And I want you, I'm gonna ask you, invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Come into my heart. Become more real than ever before. Holy Spirit, embrace me as I embrace you. Speak to my heart. Change my life. Make me to be all you created me to be. Holy Spirit, I yield myself completely to you today. Do what you wish and desire through me from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, church. Let's, let's just tell the Lord. It's here.